0: right. Welcome, welcome. Here we go. We got Friday, October 27th, and apparently the chat wants it officially to be declared Mofo Fridays. Sure. You know what? This isn't a dictatorship. This is a democracy. Uh, Couldn't do it without the community. You want Mofo Fridays? Mofos, you got it. Welcome. It is good to have you here. Thank you so much for stopping on by. We got a fun weekend coming up. We got a weekend that starts tonight with the Warriors playing up in Sacramento. Got ourselves a really big football game. A good slate of games coming up in the NFL this weekend. Obviously, college football. World Series is starting tonight. I mean, your sports juices should officially be flowing. Uh, I got two fired-up kids who believe that Halloween begins with the first carving of a pumpkin, which happens tonight. So, there's going to be a lot going on. Lots going on. It is good to have you. Halloween parties all over the place. People in costumes. Halloween titties everywhere. I'm all for it. I really am. I I love it. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. We ended yesterday, you know, talking about a kind of a dark subject, and we didn't have any club pulsing. Today, we will. But first, I hope you enjoyed that thumbnail. It's one of the favorite I've ever made. Big Game Cow. Yeah, I mean, I got a little Cartman coming for Kyle Shanahan this week. I really do. This is a big game. This is a big fork in the road week for Shanahan. Look, he either gets a great feel-good win to go into the bye week at 6-2 and two and everybody's happy again, or they're 5-3 and three with a three-game losing streak and everybody is absolutely miserable. And we don't want that. We don't want that. I don't want that. You don't want that. Only the good folks in Cincinnati really want that. So uh, this is a big game. You know, Steve Wilkes has done his hat-in-hand apology to the media. It's like Kyle sent him forward to, you know, say, this is, you know, take responsibility for that, Steve. That was not good, that blitz that gave up that touchdown late in the first half. You know, and and it is one of those He needs to wear it moments. It really is. Like, that's how bad it was. However, it only says head coach on one guy's office door. And that's yours, Kyle, which means everything that happens, whether it was your call or not, is your fault. That's the way it goes. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And, you know, I like Kyle Shanahan an awful lot, but there is no doubt. That man's got an ego, and he doesn't want to say that he was responsible for anything that went bad. I, he, look, did you hear that call over the headset, Kyle? Because if you let that zero blitz, I don't even know if it was a zero blitz, but if you let that blitz go in right before the half, that's on you, chief. You can call a timeout. You can talk that again. And he is pretty much copped to saying as much like, yeah, I should have been on that. I should have done something a little bit different there. And he should have, he should have. Um, saying that I'm going to talk to my defensive coordinator about it is not throwing his defensive coordinator under the bus. Um, Steve Wilkes is right to say that that's on me. But Kyle, we all know that that's on you. And look, not saying that Kyle has has spent a week throwing everybody under the bus looking for blame. I'm not saying that. But it's it's not been a great week around here. It's not been a great week, and I'm going to tell you right now that if this team seriously has a three-game losing streak after the rousing 5-0 start that we all saw that bordered on perfect, again, I kept on doing shows saying, what's going to go wrong? Something is going to go wrong. Something always does. Where's it coming from? Where's the pain coming from? Well, a three-game losing streak going into the bye week would be plenty of opportunities for pain, for criticism, fair or not. All I can tell you, Kyle, is that bus will be coming for you if it officially is a three-game losing streak going into the bye week. Now, mind you, all of this is perception. And this isn't one of those perception-then-will-become-reality things. Kyle has more job security than 99% of everyone who is cashing a paycheck under the topic of sports. He really does. He's not going anywhere. But just the feeling... You know, look good, feel good, play good. They're not really playing good. They always look good. They got great uniforms. But feeling good, you can't feel good in a three game losing streak. You just can't. It's a little chilly outside. I had the space heater going and that thing was working overtime. I just had to tamp that down a little bit. Easy, Chief. All right. So, who's it going to be under quarterback? Who is it going to be? Purdy was out for practice yesterday, and he's still not cleared of concussion protocol. Again, in order to get Purdy back on the field Sunday, he is going to have to be cleared of concussion concussion protocol faster and quicker than any player has been allowed out of the protocol program in the last calendar year of football. So if it's going to happen, If Purdy is playing, you know, I I don't know necessarily if we know that today. Kyle loves to, you know, have an air of mystery about his team. He doesn't want to share any information that he doesn't have to share until he needs to share it. I don't know if we will really know the answer, but the decision, I believe, will be made internally today, whether or not it's going to be Purdy or Sam Darnold. And look... It, it, it probably should be Darnold, but boy, I do hope it is Purdy out there and he is ready to go. And this is me not having faith. It's it's not me not having faith in Sam Darnold. I would think that he could come into the role of backup quarterback and execute the game plan pretty well. I really do. But the truth is, and you got to, again, opinions don't matter when you have actual facts, right? San Francisco is 9-29 and 29 under Kyle Shanahan when the quarterback is not named Jimmy or Brock. It's just that simple. Nine and 29, that's a big sample size. That is a significant 20 games being under 500 when you have a quarterback not named Garoppolo or Purdy in the Kyle Shanahan era. As a matter of fact, when it comes to just that first start, like no matter who, uh, Quarterbacks are 3-3 and under Shanahan, getting their first start under Shanahan, the head coach. Uh, Hoyer, Bethard, and Lance all lost their debuts under Shanahan, while Jimmy, Nick Mullins, and of course Brock Purdy won their debuts. So the choice between starter and backup, again, it's not a hard choice. I'm I'm not uncovering anything that you haven't already thought about. But it is time... For this decision to be made, it probably gets made today, whether it's shared externally or not. I do not know, but internally, I do believe that they will reach their conclusion as to who starts on Sunday. And then you're going to want that quarterback, you know, in practice today, taking the snaps. You're going to want him in the walkthrough tomorrow. And here we go. Again, this is a big game, a big game. There is one reassuring thing about this game. Even though it feels like there's not a lot of reassurance coming in here, Cincinnati feels like it's ascending a little bit, Niners descending a little bit. Hopefully these are, you know, unrelated things, and and you really do find out this weekend that there is no momentum in between games and so on and so forth and all the cliches. It is a good thing. Here's something I've rarely ever said. It's a good thing for the 49ers. This game is at Levi's Stadium. You haven't heard that from me very often, right? Uh, right now, Kyle's won nine in a row at home. Cal, uh, beat the Bengals. That's the first 10-game winning streak in Levi's Stadium's completely unglorious history. Uh, it would be the third longest home winning streak in franchise history. These are significant numbers for a team that has, you know, had very significant successful seasons at home. So this is a, this is a big weekend. It's a really big weekend for the 49ers, and there's there's no pretending that it isn't. You know, it's not going to determine where this season goes, but it's going to go a long way determining how the end of this first half feels and what kind of bye week the Niners will allow themselves to then have. By the way, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars coming right out of the bye week, too. So that doesn't get any easier, right? I want to thank my sponsors. Just the other day, I ordered a sandwich from Ike's. It was delicious. I took a picture of it. A lot of people saw that picture. You went to Ike's yourself. Whenever you go to Ike's, tag me on Twitter. Take a picture of that gorgeous sandwich and tag me on Twitter. I want to share it. I love the fact that people are responding to my sponsors, and why wouldn't you respond to Ike's? My gosh, it's a delicious sandwich. Whatever kind of sandwich you might want, believe me, he's got it. Get yourself the Ike's app. Download it on your phone today if you haven't. It's available in all the app stores, and start earning your way towards free sandwiches by collecting Ike rewards points. You'll be happy that you did. It's going to make you want to eat more sandwiches, and then everybody comes out winning. Ike does brisk business. You have a delicious lunch. Everybody wins. You eventually get free lunch. Right? I mean, that's a winning, winning situation. Speaking of winning situations, nobody uncovers them from the world of sports faster, quicker, or more regularly regularly than my man Stefan at BottomLineBets.com. Use promo code BRUCE for a free day of handicapping. You can do that today. You can do that tomorrow. You can do that on your NFL Sunday. But do it. Please do it. BottomLineBets.com. Sign up for a free day of handicapping. Promo code BRUCE. Do it. Find out for yourself how good my man is at picking winners off the big board in Las Vegas and sharing them with you. BottomlineBets.com, promo code BRUCE. Damon, where do I take all that advice? Well, you take it to mybookie.ag and use promo code DAMON over there for a 50% deposit match. If you're looking to get into a little uh, having fun, skin in the game betting space, mybookie.ag is a great place to do it. A trusted Dependable website, easy to use, easy interface, the sponsor of the podcast. Go ahead and take care of my sponsors. Sign up for BottomLineBets.com, MyBookie.ag. Bruce will get you a free day of handicapping. Promo code Damon will get you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and a $10 casino chip, which you can use in their casino floor because this is offshore. It's pretty cool. Find out for yourself if you want to have a little fun putting some skin in the game. We got two ways to go about it that should make you better at putting your skin in the game than if you just, you know, oh, tried to do it yourself. How do you beat the Cincinnati Bengals? It's it's real simple, right? It's real simple. You make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. That is the key goal. In, anytime you're playing a great quarterback, making sure that that great quarterback is not standing out there all comfortable, happy, in a nice pocket, that's a good way to go about winning. And a big part of the reason why the 49ers have done an awful lot of winning over the last few years is because they've had a defensive line who has made quarterbacks uncomfortable. For the last two weeks, there's been way too much opposing quarterback comfort. We know that. We see it. We acknowledge it. We salute it. And it's officially time for this team to correct it. It really is. I mean, look at the talent you have on this defensive line. Now let's see it, for goodness' sakes. Mm, sip of the day, right there. That was good. That was perfect. Um, it's time. It's officially time. Get Joe Burrow uncomfortable. He has only been sacked on 5.6% of his dropbacks this season. NinersNation.com was sharing some information that Burrow has honestly struggled in a lot of situations this season. He is ranking outside the top 15 in important stats like passing touchdowns and completion percentage and yards per game. An awful lot of that was a really slow start. Bengals got out of the starter block in a funny way because of a calf injury to Joe Burrow that he is officially now. Look, he was recovering from it before the bye week, and the Bengals were getting better before the bye week. This is the healthiest and friskiest. The Cincinnati Bengals should be all year. So the Niners, off a short week, they got a team coming in with an awful lot of rest, This one ain't going to be easy. This is not going to be easy. But the Niners do have an advantage in one place. They really do. And that advantage is running the ball. Because the Bengals out over 142 rushing yards per game. That is the fourth most in all of football. We know when the 49ers are at their best, that ground game is keeping this offense ahead of the chains and on. And it is time for this ground game to pop because not it it really hasn't in the last, here's the secret, not just last two weeks, but last three weeks. What's wrong with the 49ers rushing attack is a story that goes back to the Dallas Cowboy game now, if you really want to look at it. Um, the Bengals, meanwhile, not only give up the fourth amount, fourth most amount of rushing yards per game in the NFL, but they've got the second-worst rushing attack in the NFL ahead of only the Las Vegas Raiders who are dead last in running the football but the 49ers need to get back to what they do the best and they need Christian McCaffrey to do that obviously and I think they need somebody else to help Christian McCaffrey do that it's time for Jordan Mason to join the party again I don't know what he did I don't I don't know why he has been odd man out but I want Jordan Mason to get carries in this game. I'd like at least five for Jordan Mason, more probably. But I I, I want at least five. got to do something other than just ask Christian McCaffrey to figure it all out by himself again. And by the way, Christian could probably use the help. Um, McCaffrey has been fading a little. In terms of productivity on the ground since that Dallas game, McCaffrey averaged 2.7 yards on 19 attempts against Dallas, 3.9 yards on 11 carries against Cleveland, three yards on average on Monday night in that loss in Minnesota. That's the first time since Christian McCaffrey's rookie season where he's failed to average at least a four-yard average in three consecutive games. What does that mean? Does that mean the blocking's not getting it done? That Christian's being a little overused right now? That teams are starting to figure out this rushing attack just a little bit because every team in football is trying to mirror the 49ers rushing attack and what used to be sort of some signature of their own is now common throughout football and the league is starting to catch up with what they do and how they go about it? Again, No one was really saying this during the five game winning streak. But it's been evident during the two game losing streak that this ground game is something other than normal. So get back to normal on the ground. And oh, by the way, Christian McCaffrey is still the number one running back in football in terms of yards, touchdowns. He's got Raheem Mostert like right on his back for total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. They're tied for first in the NFL. Um, You know, maybe Mike McDaniel being somewhere else. And he's he's really good as a coach and as a schemer. He really is. Has taken a little bit of that sizzle with him. But again, look, when this team was winning, when this team was winning five in a row, nobody talked about what that ground game wasn't. It only kind of come into focus in a few losses that weren't. So get it going. Officially get it going. It is time for... Maximum! Indeed, maximum football. Um, Let me tell you what's going on. Week eight is underway. Week eight already. It's going by fast, isn't it? Uh, We got bills with a win over the Bucks on Thursday night football. Uh, Last week's slate was kind of a dog. It wasn't a a great slate. I mean, they can't all be beauty pageant winners, right? Um, This week, it's better. There's some really interesting games out there and you know, games that didn't look necessarily interesting at the beginning of the year have become interesting. The Rams at the Cowboys, like that's more interesting than anyone thought that it would be. And the question here is, will the NFC West sweep the Dallas Cowboys? Arizona got its wins over Dallas 49ers beat Dallas. Now we'll see if the Rams can beat Dallas, but, uh, that's that that, that. that no one circled that game when the schedule came out. It's a little bit of a circle it for this weekend slate. Browns at Seahawks again, who circled that at the beginning of the year? That is a sneaky big game with both teams at four and two. Seattle at home is a handful, the Browns are just a handful everywhere these days. Miles Garrett warpath continues in the Pacific Northwest. So that game is a little sexier than it looked when the schedule came out. Jags and Steelers. This game goes a long way to see if Pittsburgh is really going to be in the AFC playoff conversation when it's said and done. Meanwhile, the Jaguars are 5-2. and two. They've been a, a kind of a battle-tested team already this year. And again, they're going to be taking on the 49ers after the bye, so... Keep an eye on that game. You want to do a little advanced scouting? Got, uh, what is it? Is it Buccaneers? Is it Buccaneers after the bye week? Then the Jaguars? I got to figure it out. I got to open up the schedule. But uh, again... One at a time. You can only play them one at a time. So it's Cincinnati Bengals, which is a 125 afternoon kickoff. The Bengals at the 49ers. Sunday night football is a game only a mother could love. Bears at the Chargers. Monday night football. Raiders at the Lions. Sneaky interesting, right? Because we're trying to figure out who the Lions are, and the Raiders are just, like, trying to figure it out. So that that that's kind of interesting. It's it's set up to be a really fun sports weekend. It truly is. Um, and we got one of the best TV shows out there in the world of sports back on your TV tonight. We got Warriors at the Kings. Warriors extinguished the beam in the playoffs last year. But I'll tell you, going seven with Sacramento. Uh, is a reason why the Warriors washed out of the NBA playoff. The Kings might have lost the series, but I think they took an awful lot of the stuffing out of the Golden State Warriors, and there is no doubt the Kings would love to light the beam for a 2-0 and start this year, sending the Warriors to 0-2. You know what, Steve? I want to see Trace Jackson Davis tonight, especially if it's another night where Draymond Green is unavailable. Give me Trace Jackson Davis. I should have seen Trace Jackson Davis on opening night. Considering you got beat on the glass, a place where I think Jackson Davis is going to help you this year, there's no reason to not give him a little test of the waters in week two, or week two, game number two. Because guess what? Andrew Wiggins was disinterested in competing in, 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 in the first game of the year. Dario Saric was nothing to write home about and without Draymond Green in the depth chart again. Steve little advice from me to you this ain't like your other rookies. This kid is ready for the situation you're going to plop him into. He's ready for it. I know he is. I want a little Trace Jackson Davis out there tonight. And if I don't get it and the Warriors lose, I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to be pissed off. Come Come Monday show, which, by the way, is going to start Monday with 49ers wake up. Larry Kruger and I back at it after whatever happens in that 49ers Bengals game. And of course, I hope you plan on joining me Sunday afternoon. What sometime around four o'clock ish is when that two minute warning should be hitting in the 49ers and Bengals game. And we're going to be getting underway with the most aggressive post game show in the history of YouTube, so aggressive that we begin it before the game even goes final. By the way, I'm very proud of myself. I haven't coughed in 23 minutes, which might be the longest I've gone without violently coughing all week. And I also cursed myself a little right there, didn't I? Knock on wood. Am I getting a little bit better? I hope so. I hope so. The Spilkus seems to be coming up. Do you see that De'Aaron Fox, not only tonight, but going forward, is going to be rocking Currys? De'Aaron Fox might be a king, but he's also part of that Curry brand now, signing with Under Armour, but specifically the Curry brand. So he's like the first, you know, if, if Curry is to Under Armour what Jordan is to Nike. De'Aaron Fox is the first athlete to come under the umbrella of the Curry brand other than Steph Curry himself. I'm sure that that paycheck was really, really nice. But I'll tell you, it's also it, it's a, good, it's a good guy for Curry to target as one of his brand ambassadors because I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy watching De'Aaron Fox play. Like, he is one of the best watches in the NBA. He's the reason why, among the reasons why, you know, at the top of a very short list of why the Kings are so much fun to watch, he's the fastest guy in the NBA with a ball in his hand. He really is. He's as fast as anyone I've ever seen with a ball in his hand. So De'Aaron Fox, with speed being key, wearing a pair of Currys, that's good business for Steph Curry. Absolutely good business for Steph Curry. Fox is coming off a career season. 25 points, six assists, four rebounds. Love him as a player. So congratulations to all involved. I'm sure the sneakers will be fine and the paycheck will be extraordinary. It's good that these NBA guys finally catch a break with some, you know, sustainable income, isn't it? True blue forever. Who always knows about getting a getting a towel? You guys gonna need a towel. Don't forget to bring a towel. Cow. Cow. I did. I uh, I I shot a picture of the thumbnail to Albie, my former producer, because he and I used to speak fluent South Park with each other. Um, and I I I knew he enjoyed it. All right. Looking around the NBA last night. And believe me, where I'm going to start looking around this chat over here, right? Um, When we get into Club Plus. Folks, there's a new sheriff in town in the Eastern Conference. I really think so. And one of the reasons why Giannis would have made a great warrior is because he is a great player. And just an unselfish teammate. And he proved it in his first game playing with Dame Lillard last night. Lillard closed with the final 11 points scored for Milwaukee. He finished with 39 in his debut with the Bucs. Giannis had 23 and 13. And he has absolutely empowered Dame Lillard to be everything that Dame Lillard was in Portland. We want you with the ball in your hand making decisions. We want you playing aggressively. We want you heat-checking yourself. There are very few athletes that are unselfish all the way. Giannis is unselfish all the way. And he's got a ring. He's got his MVPs. He doesn't need to... You know, th- th- no more personal glory. He just wants to win, and he is thrilled to have a teammate like Dame Lillard, which, with all due respect to every Milwaukee buck that he played with, is far and away the best teammate he's ever had. And we've watched enough Dame Lillard to know that the only thing that has really ever held back Dame Lillard was that the best teammate he ever played with in Portland was C.J. McCallum. And that's not a shot at C.J. McCallum, who's a good player, but... You know, you, you can't be matching up with teams that are running big threes at you with Lillard and McCallum and expect, you know, to have an awful lot of success. NBA better look out because Giannis, Middleton, Lopez, Malik Beasley, um, you know, Cameron Payne, th- this is the best team that Dame Lillard has ever been on, Ever. In his life. So the Eastern Conference better look the hell out, man. Seriously better look the hell out. They got a one-point win over the Sixers last night. Again, began their season in total chaos. Thanks to James Harden. Who, God, James Harden sucks. He really does. Did you see? And this is funny. Hold on, I'm going to cough just one more time here. I did jinx myself. Did you see a story that the NBA is going to be investigating Harden's absence from the season opener with the new rules that police player participation in nationally televised games? I have also concluded uh, my, my own investigation and we have discovered that James Harden is a terrible teammate and an asshole. That's why he's not there. That's why he's not there. And the Sixers have every right to tell a guy who has been a malcontent and an un, a non-participant in the entire run-up to the season, you stay home, dickhead. Like, what do you mean the NBA is investigating James Harden's absence? That's, that's insane. He needs to be traded for compensation right now. Have you heard the story that the Clippers have totally backed off any interest of him? For now, anyways, maybe they'll reevaluate it, but all I can tell you is that Daryl Morey's ego is about to crush another season of Philadelphia 76ers basketball. Philly cannot afford to let this linger. They can't. Are they gonna? Like, is Morey trying to win a trade? Which he can't at this point. He can't. If if I were Joel Embiid's agent, I would call Daryl Morey and I would say, you trade that son of a bitch right now or trade my guy. Uh, if I'm Joel Embiid, I have wasted years of my career with this whole Ben Simmons bullshit that he had to go through, and now you're going to do it with James Harden? I mean, I this guy's coming off an MVP. He's in the prime of his career. And not only does Joel Embiid have to go out and compete against the opposition each and every night, he's got to compete against his own team's shortcomings and poorly constructed roster with a malcontent who's demanding a trade to the point where, again, if the Clippers aren't coming with the offer that you're looking for, you got to trade Harden for pennies on the dollar. You lose Daryl Morey. You lose this. If his ego won't let him get a trade, just again, this is this is addition by subtraction. You want something back for the asset that is Harden, but think about it: Harden with the worst reputation that a player can possibly craft for himself as a teammate, is an unselfish player. He's got one year left on his deal. Uh, it, it, where is the real value? Who would want to? Who in their right mind? would say, yeah, let's bring in James Harden and tailor the entire franchises around that asshole? Who who would do that? What team in the NBA can really look at James Harden and say, yeah, that juice is worth the squeeze? I, I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, he's in a really good situation right now. And he's trying to work his way out of that situation. It's one thing to work your way out of bad situations. It's another thing to work your way out of good situations. So, man, it's, uh, it's getting ugly in Philadelphia. It's going to be ugly until James Harden's gone. Did you see that in the NBA we got new franchise values being shared? And, oh, boy. The Golden State Warriors have already won the race that matters most to owners. It doesn't matter what the Warriors do on the court this year. Joe Lacob's already won. The Warriors are far and away dwarfing now the New York Knicks in terms of NBA value. The Warriors are... Are number one worth 7.7 billion? That used to be a number attached to like the New York Yankees and the Dallas Cowboys. 7.7 billion dollars. That is worth $1.1 billion more than the New York Knicks, who come in at $6.6 billion. The Lakers are the third most valuable NBA franchise at 6.4. The Celtics are fourth with a huge drop-off to $4.7 billion. How about that? The Warriors are worth more than $3 billion more than the fourth most valuable team in the league. Good God. Forbes is reporting that the Average value of an NBA franchise is now $3.85 billion, a 35% increase from last season and a 75% increase since 2019. Now the cough is back. I jinxed myself. Shit. 75% increase from 2019. Good God. By the way, um, I was just thumbing around today on the internet, and I came across this story about Taylor Swift, the reason why the NFL will just absolutely— Put her in every single luxury box that they can find and show her 15, 20 times during a game because you can't go wrong betting on Taylor Swift. It doesn't matter how many hardcore football fans you are rubbing the wrong way with too much of a presence from Taylor Swift. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because guess what? Hardcore football fans are there anyway. If you're a hardcore football fan, you're not turning the game off. You're not. You're not there's you at no point in time will you be like they keep on showing this pretty blonde so much that I'm done watching football today. It's not going to happen. And oh by the way, who would go chasing out or not show off one of the greatest assets in business in the world right now? Taylor Swift Not the tour that she just went on. That tour has made over a billion dollars. That doesn't mean you're a billionaire. It means your tour has made over a billion dollars. What's Taylor making? Well, Taylor's entire career leading up to this tour and then the incredible victory lap of the tour that she just is, what, ending in North America and is now taking around the world, uh, she is now worth over a billion dollars. Taylor Swift is a billionaire for reals. Um, and as a matter of fact, she's one of the most important centers of just the economy in America. Uh, her 53 U.S. tour dates this year added 4.3 billion dollars to the company's, to the excuse me, to the country's gross domestic product. That's insane. I, You know, I've heard of a lot of successful tours. I've never heard of one adding to a country's gross domestic product quite like that. It was written in Forbes that she's had over $700 million in ticket sales for her ERA's tour. And that's not including profits from her box office topping ERA's tour film, nor does it include the international leg of the tour, which kicks off in South America next month. So... She's probably going to go make another billion around the globe with this thing. The quote in Forbes was fantastic, saying, Swift Inc. is essentially... Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, is essentially a multinational conglomerate with the world's most devoted customer base. If Taylor Swift told her fans... To run outside and eat dirt. You would have a million TikTok videos of 14-year-old girls eating dirt right out of the flower bed in their backyard. Like she commands an army. Travis Kelsey's podcast, thanks to Swifties, is like bigger than Joe Rogan's now. I don't know about that, but it's approaching it. You know, I mean, it's 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 one of the most downloaded podcasts in the world right now. Thanks to Taylor Swift. Who would have ever thought? Oh, I see the chat is flying over there. tick, 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 tick. We'll get to you, of course. We stop shows for Super Chats when we see them. But I don't see any yet. That's all right. It's okay. I do see my boy Ike is in there saying hello to Drew Down. It's my man right there. By the way... Before I forget, as you know, we uh, we end every single Friday with a little segment and some love for our friend Big Herbs, the dearly departed Michael Urban, and we do that with a good for ball and bad for ball segment. I don't. I, yesterday we ended the show on such a negative note, talking about the main shooting that I don't even want to incorporate any bad for ball into today's Uncle Boys good for ball bad for ball and isn't it great that we still got Uncle Boys involved it's so wonderful to have them still as a sponsor of this very special segment so go get yourself a delicious burger this weekend from Uncle Boys try the lumpia as you all know let me tell you what's good for ball Bruce Bochy and the Texas Rangers are hosting Game One of the World Series this evening. That's good for Ball. That I can't even say it without smiling. I really can't. I'm so happy for Bruce Bochy. I will say that this is uh, we got Zach Gallen and Nathan Avoldi getting going at five o'clock West Coast time tonight. This World Series will be enjoyed by very few people unless there is. an an overwhelmingly compelling elimination in Game 6 or Game 7, if it reaches that far, this is officially the World Series that no one ever wanted, no one ever asked for. There could not be a worse World Series matchup for Major League Baseball than probably this. The Arizona Diamondbacks have this many fans And the Texas Rangers have this many fans. So it's this versus this. Maybe that's the bad for ball right there. I don't care. I love it. I'm watching. There's no such thing as the World Series that I wasn't interested in. And I actually think Arizona is a lot of fun to watch. They're an entertaining team. They make hell on the base pads. I I like Arizona. They were interesting all year. They were a, a billion times more interesting than the San Francisco Giants. There wasn't a single, like, Diamondbacks-Giants game where I wasn't like, man, this Arizona team is pretty good. And here they are now in the World Series, but go Boach. Boach is trying to win the Texas Rangers its first World Series ever. So Bruce Bochi, the first man who ever, what, put the Padres into the World Series, The first man who ever won a World Series as skipper of the San Francisco Giants, and then he won two more after that, and now if he goes on to be the first manager to ever win a World Series with the Texas Rangers, it really is time to talk about how Bruce Bochy is right there with the single greatest managers in the history of Major League Baseball. He's there. He's there. He is on the one line. Bruce Bochy isn't approaching it anymore. He's officially there. And that, to me, would be good for Ball. Really good for Ball. I love it. So, thank you to Uncle Boys for sponsoring that. Thank you to MyBookie.ag. Use promo code Damon for a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. Use promo code Bruce when you sign up for Bottom Line Bets. And there are really... Three ways to support what we're doing right here. Support my sponsors, the super chats, or just hitting and like and subscribe. You can either work the sponsors, you can work the ganja jar, or you can work the algorithm. And I appreciate you doing all three. And to show a little appreciation, the last thing I want to leave you with before we get hop into Club Plus today here on the YouTube channel is that, we are a weekend away from Pluce Mania 2 electric boogaloo at Victory Hall. It is coming up. It's around the corner, November 5th. We're going to get going between noon, 1 o'clock. You know, just casually walk on in. No hard start time. No hard end time. Just come on over to Victory Hall on Rich, a- Rich Street. It's an alley. Uh, in San Francisco, November 5th. Pluce Mania 2. all. all all guests subject to appearance, but I do think that Larry Kruger is going to be with us. I think Gianna is going to be hanging out with us. Uh, Jack and Ozzy are going to be left with grandma and grandpa this time around, which means we're partying. We are partying this Sunday. So I hope you make it on out. It would be great to see you there. We'd love to have you obviously. And, um, are you are you ready? We didn't we didn't have one yesterday, so we are about to hop into Club Plus here. See what everyone is chatting about. Uh, I know I've already missed some stuff, but uh, if there's one thing that I know about this chat, well, uh, this this uh, this chat is there's always good stuff coming. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening on the podcast. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. It's a really good sports weekend: World Series, NBA, NFL. Well, more do you want? Oh, it's also hockey season. Someone should tell that to the San Jose Sharks. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he is gone.